It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open here, and you can join us and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, the story that I said we were going to get to last night, we never ended up getting there, which is uh, the news media, major media, covering a migration of crypto-libertarian types to Honduras. Oh, that's right. I've heard a bit about this Honduras movement project. I don't know what they're... I don't know what Mark is calling it, but I've heard a bit about it. Well, this isn't specifically about the Mark Move Here project. This is about one of the ones that inspired Mark to create his own Move Here project. So we'll get into that. Mark, of course, is our co-host. He's not here uh, to defend himself here tonight, but uh, you know he might be listening. I don't know. Uh, we'll get into that coming up here in a little bit. Of course, uh, with you here tonight, you've got Ian. Aria. And Conan. Uh, Aria, you wanted to talk about the big buzz on Twitter and Facebook and various social medias today, and it's not Pedo Peter, uh, which we talked about last night. Peter. Pedo Peter, which is the name that they say Hunter Biden had his dad, Joe Biden, listed in his phone when 4chan hacked his iCloud account and downloaded 500 gigabytes of data within the yeah, last I've heard all this. I just haven't heard the, uh, the, the tidbits, like his, you know, his password and what he actually called his dad. If, if it's in fact his dad, why is it Peter? Uh, I, there was, you know what, I don't have that in front of me right now, but there's some sort of reference that there's another story out there regarding Joe Biden calling himself Peter in some sort of circumstance, and I apologize for not remembering the details on it. I have not been following this intimately, uh, very, very closely, but it's, uh, it is an interesting story. We, Probably because it's all distraction to take away from the real. You think the Hunter the, Biden thing's a distraction? Oh, hell yeah. Really? The, well, it, I mean, the, it's, it's the take away from the crimp, from the Biden crime family, from what they actually, from the, from the meat and potatoes problem that we have here. And that is, uh, their, his influence, uh, in Ukraine. But and, I mean, that's uh, part the, of the Hunter Biden iCloud leak, right? I mean, there very well could be information in his iCloud about Ukraine. Yeah, but the, all the thing they're going to talk about is crack and prostitutes, a women Maybe, of the night. But and it's only been him calling two his dad days. a pedo. I mean, it's only been two days, and there's images apparently that are coming out of Hunter Biden with little girls, like not. I, you know, obviously you don't. They can't share anything that's explicit or whatever. But there's an image with him laying. Like, not quite on a couch. I, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but it's been shared on, on Twitter with like five or six girls that could not be older than nine or ten years old, wow. maybe even younger than that, just kind of scattered around him. But not <laughs> naked. They're just hanging out with him, and he's laying on his back looking up uh, at them. And it's very, very strange for a man who apparently doesn't have any children of his own. Mm -hmm. It's not like there was a sleepover going on with his kids or something. That's sort of the issue, right? No, Okay, sure. These kids were not naked, but I can't think of any explanation for for why this situation would have occurred that wasn't highly questionable. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Who were these people? Who were these kids? Yeah. And why were they there at Hunter Biden's house, who is a known drug addict who, for, you know, fraternizes with prostitutes? And again, if you want to fraternize with prostitutes and do drugs, that's totally fine. Yeah, I don't care. But I think most people would probably turn their nose up at the idea of having some little children hanging around for, you know, perhaps those things that might have been going on. 
It's very strange. And he is uh, topless in the photo wearing like boxer shorts or something like that. Mm. Which, which is additionally unusual, right? Yeah. It's all very peculiar. I don't know. This is the first I've heard about uh, Joe Biden perhaps referring to himself as P- as Peter at this some point. This is Hunter who appa- – oh, oh yeah. You, you're talking about the other story. I'll see if I can find that for you. Okay. Because it was in like mainstream news. But Hunter Biden, uh, he's definitely got a sordid past. He's a character. Yes. So um, – but it, you it, wanted to talk about Jill Biden. I did because she's being slammed for comparing Latino people to tacos. <laughs> yes, she is. When, when I saw this, I was just stunned. I was like, oh, okay, th- there's no way someone is this tone deaf. But no, sure enough, she did. A Hispanic journalist group slammed the first lady. And they're not the only ones. I'm sure she's just getting ripped apart on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everywhere else for a Monday speech in which she compared diversity among Latinos to the uniqueness of of breakfast tacos. Wow. You know what? Another distraction. I'm calling it. This is just another. They, <laughs> nah. they, their family's in so much deep, deep hot water right mm-hmm. now. You know, what better? And I listened to the, uh, to the, to the quote. I'm not. Uh, I think she's just I'm not, a I'm silly not a, old I'm, woman. I'm not upset about it. I mean, it's dumb. It's, it's a lame comparison. But, I'm not uh, upset either, but I'm not the one being compared to a breakfast taco. <laughs> yeah, so. but I've been called a cracker my whole life, so I'm really not. You know, upset about any of this would you have been more upset though if like michelle obama was giving a speech and said something about you know crackers you, you're as unique as the saltines that inspire your nickname or whatever <laughs> she probably says all of that behind closed doors i wouldn't be surprised but not publicly michelle is a nasty woman i mean yes but there's a huge difference between saying that in private and saying it publicly biden was addressing the progressive latino nonprofit group unidos us in san antonio texas which, Ian, you said Bonnie suggested that San Antonio is, in fact, famous for its breakfast tacos. Yeah, she, when uh, this news came out this morning, uh, Bonnie, who lived in San Antonio for some number of years, she didn't seem to take this as harsh as a lot of the people on the internet are taking it. She kind of dismissed it to some extent, saying that San Antonio is known for its variety of breakfast tacos. It's apparently a very popular dish. Uh, in San Antonio. Why would and, anyone not in San Antonio know that, though? I mean, it's not like it's not like Memphis and barbecue, well, because, right? Because the people who is complaining, the San Antonio people do know that. I know, but why would uh, anyone not in San Antonio know that? Because, that, they because they're because they're not the people who are complaining. It's everyone else in the world. It's a distraction. She was totally. talking to people in San Antonio, I presume, and you right. know, trying to like you know, like when you're at a rock concert or whatever, the guy on stage, the singer, will reference the town in which the concert is happening. Yeah, it's the, it's, it's, it's always the it, best right? town he's ever played in. Yeah. Or she. So I think she was trying Bonnie's interpretation was she was trying to do something like that and obviously has been failed miserably at it. <laughs> I believe uh, she was trying to do something like that. And I'm not saying she wasn't, I'm just it's a bad decision on her it's part. Bad. It's bad writing whether she wrote if the speech she, or not. Exactly. Yeah. If she even wrote any of this, I mean, it's probably her handlers, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's the same for Biden, by the way. All the gaffes. I'm, oh yeah, there There's was so, a recent th- speech where he he read end of line. Yeah, it's, the it line. Is, it is, it's so bad. It's like, is he being set up? Hold on, because by, by his handlers, I because they're ready, they're ready to take this guy out. You haven't heard the end of line clip? No. Well, first let's play Jill Biden. I got the clip here. Or what is it? Purportedly, the clip. Diversity of this community. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. 
See, that's not it's, it's not that bad. No, it's just stupid, and it's a it's a poor decision on her part. It's this, getting I mean, some good memes, though. I, I bet. The, again, this isn't like her talking about Memphis barbecue or you know something along those lines, or the lobster of Maine, or something like that, where it's just well known throughout the but entire those are, but country those be, that these places are famous for those particular foods. But those comparisons would be acceptable if you were to if you yes, were to, because if those were are to, well known. If you were to compare New Englanders to some some seafood dish. They're, they're not going to lose their mind and flip out about that. They're no gonna be one like, would. They'd be like, hell yeah, we got the best clam chowder in in the in the New England. But that's exactly it. No one would flip out about that because everyone knows that New England has the best seafood and everyone knows that Memphis has the best barbecue. But no one knows be... that San Antonio has the best breakfast tacos. Whether people know it or not, it would still be a ham-fisted attempt if this woman got up in Boston and started talking about how white people in Boston are, you know, like the, the variety of... Uh, crabs you know <laughs> off the, and, and, and by point. the way let's go back in time let's talk about pandering don't you remember hillary clinton when she was on that black uh uh, network. Yeah, she, she pulled was out talking, the hot she, sauce. She didn't. She didn't pull it out, but oh, they were she talking. That she had yeah, it, right? she's, she's, she left it in a trailer or something. But yeah, Wait, what talk, did she do? She says, uh, she "You know says what? She that's a around hot sauce in her purse to, to some black guys, to black family." She was trying to be with it. <laughs> Look, with her audience. We need to, we need to play that one too. Uh, if you want to weigh in here, you can join us on uh, Jill Biden, Hunter Biden, Pedo Peter. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are welcome to join us here talking about the uh, Jill Biden breakfast taco controversy. Conan says this is just a big distraction, and uh, we'll get into that coming up here in just a moment. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency, by the way, Bitcoin price dropped below 20,000 I think last night and it's been there uh, ever since so it might be a good time to, to pick a little bit up um, but you've got to do some research first learn some of the basics about cryptocurrency and you can do that over at bitcoin.com they can help you just click get started at the top of the page and you can watch some introductory videos there that'll give you some of the uh, the basics which you really ought to understand before you dig any deeper and actually buy some of it uh, once again, go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And Conan. And don't forget for the latest news headlines for crypto. They got those, too, over at news.bitcoin.com. So, uh, Conan, you asked me to pull up the Hillary Clinton clip from... This is peak pandering. 2017. And this, and this dude picked, picked up on it immediately. He knows what's up. Yeah. So, she's sitting down with, a, I guess, a group the called Breakfast The Club. Breakfast Club. And I got the audio here, courtesy of Why Hillary Lost, Why Hillary Lost on YouTube. Here it no is. They said, no, she has to go. She what's what's to something go. that you always carry with you? Hot Just- sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? Hot sauce. Hot sauce in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. Again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? 
She's a nasty woman. She's, that she's is so, nasty. She's so tone deaf. Yeah. Well, I mean, as someone who does carry hot sauce in my purse, though, I, I'm offended by that as a person who likes hot sauce. She should have been called out on it and said, let's see it. Yeah. Yeah. Have some. Taste yeah. it. Right. I see what I want to see what brand you carry around. But pull it out. If you like hot sauce enough to carry it around, you could easily take a dab out on your tongue and you'll be fine. But I don't think that the interviewers were uh, anti-Hillary or in any way critical towards her. I mean, having not seen any of the rest of the interview, just based on the surroundings, there's a, on the background, there's like a hand-drawn heart with the Hillary logo inside of it, uh, fighting for us, so... These people, I think, are fans, likely, of, of Hillary, and they're just kind of mm. joking with her. But if but It's still the, disgusting. Oh, absolutely. Her behavior is despicable. There's no doubt about it. Um, and that's kind of, you know, as far as this being a distraction, Conan, as far as uh, Jill Biden talking about Hispanics and comparing them to the variety of breakfast tacos available in San Antonio... It, it's just entertaining to yeah, it's, watch it's, these guys screw this up so bad. But I mean, as far as as far as the distraction is concerned, the way that I'm seeing this, mm-hmm. this is a lot easier for people to digest. They understand the tone deafness of these elites, or the and hypocrisy. they can and they can latch on to that because it's it's easy for 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 little brains to to understand and to latch on to. Mm-hmm. Whereas all of the other nonsense that's been going on for years that some people are covering, mainstream media is not covering the Hunter. Or the Biden crime family, and, the, and oh, their no. and their they're not talking about pedo Peter. No, not yet. Anyways, they're and not going to ever talk about that. Well, they might if they if they want to take the guy out because that, that's so. That's another theory mm. is that Biden is he's he's on his way out. They can't have I mean, him. He hasn't even been in for two years. You yet. can't have him screwing up the way that he is. Mm. Uh, they're going to lose this year. They're going to lose in this in this upcoming you election think so? really even badly. With the uh, the and they need a scapegoat. Roe versus Wade decision. You oh hell that's yeah! Going to flip a bunch of voters to the Dems. They, if they had rolled it out a couple of months later, mm-hmm. like closer to the elections, maybe. You think people forget about it? But it's it? way too early in the system. Unless they have some other uh, tactics up their sleeves to to rile up the, the, the progressive base. Well, I got to say. Because right now it seems to me every week, every week or two weeks, there's a new thing for the for the left to, to, to go bitterly crazy over it. Yeah, if it's, they boot Biden out and put uh, Kamala Harris in his place, it'll be a major disappointment because then we'll miss wonderful. Uh, entertaining moments like this one. Yeah, but this one. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Can we get that one more time, please? And and, and, and you know what? They changed it in the official transcript. What did they change? They updated it. They said to, uh, to repeat the line, but as in part of the speech and not a directive to the to, to the president really yeah well we heard uh, all right a little more here for you aria registered to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so end of quote repeat the line <laughs> <laughs> oh man you always hope to actually catch something like that right like he's done it more than once I know. he does one of these every, he's he's got a gaff a good gaff oh, yeah. every week every month every, every, yeah, least, every yeah. week yeah so and now his and now his wife is catching up to him. I mean, it's not as entertaining as Donald Trump for sure with all the the tweets. Uh, but that said, it reminds me of the South Park episode where they were fighting about whether or not to pull Kenny from life support or whatever, and they had one of these evil Republicans getting talked to by the devil, and the devil had to whisper him, "No, no, you don't repeat that part." And sure enough, Dick Cheney or whoever it was goes, "No, no, you don't repeat that part." 
<laughs> it reminds me of this. Uh, are you guys watching The Boys? No. So there was uh, uh, it's kind of a minor spoiler here. They're having a discussion. Uh, the, uh, the hero and the and the and the bad guy, the the Trumpy, the Trump guy. Which, by the way, the whole the whole show is an analogy of uh, of Trump, hmm. Trumpism. Um, and he's he let out a lot of uh, uh, incriminating information, and then she pulls out her camera saying, "I just taped the whole thing." And then he's like, "Dude, dude, you're not supposed to record while we're doing our lines." Meaning it's mm-hmm. the whole thing was uh, fabricated from the get go. So he's trying to cover, you know, cover it his butt. So what is this boys show? Where where is it at? Boys is a, uh, a it's it's the Netflix? newest uh, superhero uh, flicks. Uh-huh. There's three seasons out so far, and uh, basically uh, the most interesting aspect of the show is it it portrays these superheroes as true superheroes would really act. If you had godlike powers. Would you spend your days, you know, you know, flying around saving people or Or, would you be a nasty piece of work like the Greek gods, which, mm -hmm. by the way, were very entertaining for lots and lots of people for thousands of years, hundreds of years at least. I tend to think most people, I mean, it's going to vary based on who you ask, but I think for most libertarians, the answer would be that they would probably, you know, at least spend some part of their part of their time helping people. Yeah. But what if you were also mentally insane? And you had godlike powers. Well, that's a very different question. What if you were mentally abused as a young, as a, as a child, and then you grew up to have these godlike powers, and they like start, Joe Biden. They, they start to shine. They are Hunter. How about Hunter Biden? Mm-hmm. Well, being abused as a child is no excuse for someone to pay it forward as an adult. Of course, no, not, but, but I mean, it happens. But a lot of people don't pay it forward because they don't have the powers, the capabilities to actually go out. Some of them do when they, you know, some of these these nut kids. Yeah. Uh, buy get they buy their rifles on credit and then they go shoot up a school. Um, but most people don't have the capabilities of taking out their angst on the people who they feel have wronged them. You're right that you know. But if you could just, but if you could just melt somebody with your eyes, and you're and someone pisses you off, are you telling me you're not gonna? I don't know. I wouldn't melt a couple people. I'm not Some an angsty would. teenager. Well, we're coming up here. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. I did find a story where Joe Biden refers to himself as Peter. And we'll share that with you coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Talk live, and you can join the show. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. We're talking about some of the the Biden gaffes, which I've now extended to Jill Biden, referring to Hispanic people as breakfast tacos. 
<laughs> it's so funny. Just a poorly written uh, speech. I want someone. I want the person who made that cartoon of Joe, Joe Biden talking about kids stroking his leg hair. I want him to make an extended clip where he just takes all the best gaffes from Jill and Joe Biden. He just condenses mm. them into like a twelve to fifteen minute video that's Too animated. Long. People won't watch it. I would watch it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> young people won't watch it. It's got to be short. Young people don't vote. Screw them. That's true. Well. Breakfast tacos have egg in them, right? Yeah, pretty sure. Is this even is this even a Hispanic uh, dish, or is this I something that is not. is this something that has been uh, Americanized over uh, the years? That's probably. I'm gonna guess that you're correct about that. In the same way that Chinese food is not really Chinese right, food right, in right. America, it's, it's Americanized Chinese food. Uh, so a lot of a lot of that's true with tacos and burritos. So it wouldn't surprise me if some. You know, somebody said, "Hey, let's put some, be- uh, you know, eggs in that uh, taco." Someone with some ethnic variety, call in and tell me what the what the hell a tech, uh, ta- uh, breakfast taco is. I mean, uh, Bonnie I'm look- I'm is at, here. I'm looking the... at some recipes. It looks like there's a whole bunch. Bonnie's here in the studio now, and she is originally from uh, San Antonio, or at least she spent a number of years in San Antonio. Bonnie, can you can you step up and uh, and answer Conan's question about what is a breakfast taco as someone who Thank spent you. time there? Who lives who lives in the midst of the breakfast the, the, in the midst of the breakfast tacos. I was texting on the I was trying to uh, comment on YouTube because I was getting annoyed. I told me in all this yesterday. <laughs> I don't feel like she actually made that I, bad uh, of a By the way, gap. I told your pers- that's, perspective. That's, that's how oh. that's how I that's how I lean to, uh, well, as well. It doesn't sound to me like she's calling the Hispanic people breakfast tacos, but it was it was obviously written by somebody from San Antonio, not Jill Biden, who anyone from San Antonio would make a similar joke. Like breakfast tacos are supposedly our thing. My ex best friend's first words were bean and cheese because he always wanted a <laughs> bean and cheese. And um, is breakfast that a breakfast tacos, taco, or does it have to have? Uh, eggs it doesn't in have it. to have it, eggs, but most of them have eggs and. Bacon and potatoes. It's, That's so, the ones so, I like. Yeah, it's regional. Tree. It's just like calling someone from Massachusetts a chowderhead. Yeah. I mean, it's the it same really thing. It's, not, it's it not that bad. Yeah. And anyone in San Antonio would have made like the but same joke. The and... tone deaf aspect of it is not that it's just calling yeah. people from San Antonio. It's specifically talking about Hispanic people and likening them to tacos. Mm-hmm. So I thought, she was, I thought she was talking about the diversity. Of his, she's talking about the diversity of Hispanics. But she said they're as diverse as the breakfast tacos of San Antonio. <laughs> like, oh, it's God. a pretty stupid thing to say, I guess. But especially from, like, a white lady that's obviously not from San Antonio. I think she's from Delaware or something. But yeah, I think so. Anyways, back yeah, to she, you, Yeah, she's a chat ahead. For sure. <laughs> Thank it, you, Biden. Her and Biden. I mean, it, to me, just the idea that we had to say, look, when she said... When she compared people to breakfast tacos, she wasn't trying to be offensive. Just the fact that she we wasn't. even have to say that is is absurd. That's the level of theater that the political system is at. If the common folk were to call each other breakfast tacos or chowderheads, it'd be it'd be all right. The yes. fact that she's an elite and she's up at the top and she's got people cleaning her toilet and washing her car and, and all the and cutting her grass, the fact that she's so far above us—that's where the problem is. So you really need to to watch the things that you say around the common people. Otherwise, they're gonna they're gonna have a field day with you. It's certainly not. Uh, and when you just take this one instance, it's not so bad. But when you look at what her husband has said about black people in in the past, oh, that's right. He was the one who said if you if you don't vote for me, then you you're ain't not black. black. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think he also said, again, I don't have the, the list of quotes in front of me, but didn't he also suggest that black people couldn't figure out how to use the Internet at one point? Yeah, I don't remember that one, but he said something about, uh, he was talking about poor people, and he specifically went right to black kids. Mm. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, he said um, black kids are, what do you say, poor kids can be as successful as white kids or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. My favorite Joe Biden quote, though, was, End of quote, repeat line. (laughs) Which we played for you just a few moments ago. That's truly words of wisdom. Which they changed in the official transcripts to let me repeat the line. Uh, (laughs) Which he did not. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. And then he didn't repeat the line. He just stood there going, repeat the line. No, he moved on. He he moved to the next paragraph or whatever was in there. So he he did not follow the instruction. Uh, Let's go to the phones here. We got Mehdi on the line in Canada. Mehdi, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, so, uh, so I was uh, talking about a, a paper that uh, DARPA hired. So DARPA hired a, a company called Trail of Bits uh, to give them a paper or to do some kind of analysis. It was finished on June 2022, and the paper is called uh, Are Blockchains Decentralized? Uh, Unintended Centralities in Distributed Ledgers. And uh, it seems like as a... As kind of like a summary of, of, of what this paper seems, what it's trying to do. And I did email it to the Free Talk Live, uh, if you guys were interested in seeing it. It seems like, the, um, and, it's, and so it seems like DARPA is aware that they cannot uh, centralize the actual cryptocurrency. Who is DARPA? And it seems like they're looking, DARPA is the defense, I think they're an arm of the, uh, arm of the Pentagon, mm-hmm. DARPA. Do you say who's DARPA? Yeah. Defense Advanced Research Projects. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. I believe they're an arm of the Pentagon, but I'm not sure. I think I you're right about that, yeah. What, what, yeah they, so, what, business, what do they care about cryptocurrency? I mean, wh- why, should, why should I care what they have to say about centralization aspects of it? I mean, we know that parts of the centralization structures can arise within a decentralized network. Well, um, Mehdi actually called about this, I think, over the weekend and read the executive summary of the paper to us. Or maybe it was Friday, it was Friday night, I think. But uh, anyway, the, the, it seems like their goal is to try to disrupt cryptocurrency. The, okay. The, you know, the, they care because they work for the government. They right. are the government. And, so, and they are a you know, military arm of the government. And so, but they're more like the tech side of the military arm. So somebody probably instructed them to say, see what you can figure out yeah. about taking down Bitcoin. In order to prevent technological surprise. This is what they said? This is what they say. And I think their problem is the fact that it isn't centralized, and it's something. And it, this is a this is a pain in the butt of everyone who's seeking control. Mm-hmm. If you can't, if they don't, if they're losing their control, they, they they're going to spend all of their tax, all of our money, all our taxpayer money, uh, trying to figure out how to control these these new technologies. And so, the, and so, they have a bunch of different ways of uh, trying to get to centralization use of crypto. And so the last couple, too, there is one It's called network centrality. And what they're saying is, are the nodes sufficiently geographically dispersed such that they are uniformly distributed across the Internet? What would happen if a malicious Internet provider or nation state decided to block or filter all DLT traffic? And under that part, under that uh, section of, of the paper where they're talking about uh, the network centrality, that's where they mention 60% of all Bitcoin traffic has traversed just three ISPs. And the paper they quote, though, was from 2017. So maybe it's more now. I don't know. But 
um, and they say any third party on the network route between nodes, example, ISPs, Wi-Fi access point operators, or governments, can observe and choose to drop any messages they wish. And to give some example about Alice giving a Bitcoin to Bob and what happens. Yeah, I mean, there's anyway, certainly, do, do, I mean, a, a bad actors could definitely cause trouble for these networks, but I don't think that, you know, 60% going through three ISPs is going to kill Bitcoin. As long as there's a few nodes out there operating and as long as there's some people out there mining, uh, the system yeah. will will continue. Didn't someone conduct a transaction via ham radio a number of years ago that, or something yeah. like that? I mean, yeah, there are always ways to avoid centralization. I don't particularly see the issues here. Wait, how do you do that through ham radio? You're sending Dude, I don't remember. Very we're, talk, slowly. we're talking about a lot of information. No, not it, that much It was all very technical. I don't don't get me lying, man. A Bitcoin transaction isn't that much information. I mean, it's just and for, a little bit of data. Aren't they kept at about one megabyte? So, I mean, yeah, that's not a whole lot of data. Uh, Mehdi, I'm not sure what uh, you're driving at here, so stand by. We'll, we'll bring you back in just a moment because I... I know the government gang wants to stop cryptocurrency, and this is obviously part of this research paper is part of that process of them trying to figure out how, but I don't think they're going to be able to. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. That said, people in these networks ought to be aware of making them as decentralized as possible. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open and you can join us here and bring up whatever you want, whether you want to comment on the pedo-peter allegations. Is Joe Biden referred to in Hunter Biden's cell phone as pedo-peter? That is what the uh, 4chan folks, people on the internet, are alleging was found in the new 500 gigabyte leak of what is allegedly on Hunter Biden's iCloud account. Somebody found some images of text messages between Joe Biden, uh, or what is alleged to alleged to be Joe Biden, and somebody claims again a lot. You know, you just have to sort of believe or not what people are saying about this, unless you want to download the questionable 500 gigabyte uh, file and parse through it yourself. But- I mean, isn't there some sort of well, no, not with Julian Assange. Question withdrawn. I was going to ask whether or not there was some sort of journalistic protection for people who, for journalistic reasons, really just needed to comb through this for the purpose of finding out whether or not there's something here the public needs to know. But it might have child pornography in it, right. so therefore yeah. it would be a federal crime. And we learned from Julian that. Assange and all of these other journalists that no, there is in fact no protection whatsoever for doing journalism, and they will charge you if they want to. So if you if you download this archive and it's got child porn or whatever in it. They can and will charge you. And if you're like all most journalists out there and all you really do is monitor Twitter and tw- and tweet tweet journal. Dude, th- I hate that so much. You go to a news website to find out about something and it's just a copied and pasted tweets over and over and then a screenshot of the tweet that they literally just copied and pasted. Sloppy, sloppy journalism. It's the, it's the new. It's the new way. Let's bring Medi back on the line here. He was calling in about DARPA, uh, which is the Defense Something or Other Research Project, and the tech side, if you will, of the the Pentagon. And they apparently have been researching Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to see how truly decentralized they are or not. Uh, and they found out some interesting things. You uh, shared some of the executive summary with us a, a few nights ago, but I guess there was something else you wanted to say. So go ahead, Mitty. Yeah, sure. So with the uh, as far as that fifty-one percent um, 
uh, attacked, the other 51% uh, attacked. Uh, what they said is that um, they don't mention the actual cost, because I remember you asked me, well, what, you know, that would be an insane cost, like how much would that cost? They don't mention that. When I was reading through it, they, what, they, what they do say, though, is the actual cost of a 51% attack on Bitcoin was closer to 49% of the hash rate. Therefore, contrary to established lore, L-O-R-E, it does not actually take 51% of the network's hashing power to mount a successful 51% attack, even when all actors are assumed honest. With the, in with the accidental or nefarious introduction of further latency, and I don't know exactly what they mean by latency, but it's measured in seconds or like time, milliseconds. Oh, additional network delay seconds. Okay, so latency. The hash rate can, needed can plummet. With just a few minutes of delay, a takeover threshold drops to 40%. And with less than an hour, it can be as low as 20%. Hmm. All this yeah, but if people suddenly went an hour that, without transactions more. being confirmed or something like that, they, they would they would be okay. looking into the problems being caused. They would be like, oh, but it's probably not some hostile takeover. No, okay, that, that's fine. I'm just saying what they're saying, and like if, an hour of this. And all this should be taken in the context that just four mining pools already control more than 50% of the hashing power. And by the way, I just want to say something. I mean, I understand, I'm, but oh, it's FUD. It's, it's fear, uncertainty, okay. and doubt what you're talking about here. Theoretically, sure, what you just said is possible. But Bitcoin going yeah. an hour with an hour delay in its transactions being confirmed, that would set off so many alarms. People around the world Alarm. would be freaking yeah. out to figure out why Bitcoin was no longer working. Right. And you also have to remember that, yeah. uh, that you mentioned the four mining pools control, what was it, 60% or something like that? It says four mining pools control more than 51%. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, but that's not one mining pool. That's four of them. So I guess the suggestion four, is yeah. if they were all to corro you know, corroborate, they could take over the network and do bad things. But the other thing you have to understand is there's a disincentive to do that, right? Like, these people don't yeah. want to kill the golden goose. They have... Probably millions of these pools, you know, collectively, probably have millions of dollars worth of mining equipment because it's not cheap to mine Bitcoin. As an individual, you've got to buy very fancy uh, computer equipment in order to jump into this particular yeah. game. So these mining pools must have millions of dollars worth of this equipment, and they certainly don't want the price of Bitcoin to go down. Otherwise, it will lose. You know, they'll lose their investment, and so if they take over the network and start doing dastardly things, you better believe the price of yeah. Bitcoin is going to plummet like a rock and they are out of business. Yeah, because people would no longer have any faith whatsoever in the utility of Bitcoin or the reliability of Bitcoin and they would stop using it. Bitcoin would die almost instantaneously and would no longer have any value. Yeah, I got to agree with you on this, uh, Ari. Well, it sounds like the federal government is trying to stoke fear, yeah, uncertainty, fear and doubt. Total, total yeah, 100%. Yeah, so they could be. I just wanted to say that because I don't know if you guys think I'm anti-Bitcoin or crypto. I'm pro-crypto. I just I, I think it's important for us to see what they are trying to do. No, I agree ultimately, with Ultimately, crypto is going to be our currency, right? It's going to be the, li the liberty, freedom, people's currency. It might not be Bitcoin, but it'll be a cryptocurrency because it's decentralized. No, I appreciate. No, I, I'm not saying that you are a critic or anything like that. I absolutely yeah, no, think that you're somebody who does a, a good amount of research into this, and you're learning about what the federal government is talking about, and and uh, you're sharing it with our audience. So I, I appreciate that, Mehdi. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, that's it. I just wanted to share that it was an interesting paper, and yeah, they they keep trying to figure out what's going on, and it's interesting that they're trying to figure out how to centralize it, and it's interesting that they have admitted they can't do it with the cryptography itself. It's mm. decentralized, so they're trying to find all other ways to Yeah, they're, to, they're poking for the weak spots. Where they're trying to put the noose.
They're looking, yeah, they're looking to find out where, if at all, cryptocurrencies are weak. And uh, Bitcoin yeah. is the strongest, of course, of all of them. Thank you for the call tonight, Mehdi. It has the most mining power behind it. It has the most money, the, the most people uh, that are propagating it. And, of course, this is one of the things the, the so-called Bitcoin maximalists will say to promote Bitcoin over other coins. They claim that because of all of the people that have invested in mining, uh, that it is the most impervious to what he's talking about with a 51 percent attack which is where someone could take over uh, a network a cryptocurrency network by just simply spending enough money to uh you know to put enough miners online essentially and for a lot of these networks it doesn't cost a whole lot uh there was a website we found crypto51.app where you can go and you can actually look at what they say is the current cost of attacking one of these networks for one hour. And you don't have to go too far down the list before it gets to like a thousand bucks or less per hour to completely take over. Yeah, some of them are even easier. I remember uh, once upon a time I upgraded my graphics card and the upgrade was doing something like 10% of the total all Ravencoin mining while, while it was wow. activated. Maybe it was 7 to 10%. I don't remember the exact number, but I mean, it would have been super easy for someone to take over just with, you know, five of those gaming PCs. What, how long ago was this? I don't recall. Some years? Yeah. I was going to say, Ravencoin right now is on the list here. It's shown at just under $3,000 an hour or two attack the Raven that's, Network. That's probably about right. Which is makes it one of the higher ones. Really? Actually, yeah. Uh, a lot of these, it's like sub 1,000 bucks. Okay. So, uh, Good on Ravencoin, then. That, that, that shows a fair bit of improvement. Yeah, a lot of people must be mining it. Yeah. So check it out, Crypto51.app, if you're more interested in the kind of the technical side of those things. But let's get back into the story about uh, Pedo Peter. I do have this uh, New York Post. They've got a report published in April of this year that says that Joe Biden wrote to his son Hunter and others close to him using the pseudonym Peter Henderson a fictional Soviet Union-era spy in several Tom Clancy novels who infiltrated the U.S. government, according to emails. Run this by me again. Joe Biden wrote letters to his son and signed them as Peter, Peter Henderson? Henderson? Like actual letters or at least emails? Um, I, I Probably emails. The messages contained on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop appear to indicate the then-vice president started using the fictitious Moles moniker in October of 2016 while forwarding a YouTube video to his son Hunter brother Jim, daughter-in-law Hallie, as well as his sister and longtime political strategist Valerie Biden-Owens. Biden sent the message using an email address with the username of 67 Stingray, a reference to his beloved 1967 Corvette Stingray. The name attached to the Biden 67 Stingray account at the time was Peter Henderson, which matches the name of the KGB spy in Clancy's popular Jack Ryan series. So anyway, that's uh, that's the story that I was referencing earlier. I... I I know there's no explanation, but I need an explanation. I need to know why Joe Biden at any point was writing emails to his son and signing them as Peter Henderson. That because they, that- they were doing nefarious stuff. You don't sign your you don't sign Arya whenever you're trying to be sneaky. You use your alias. Yeah, it does. I guess, man. But that's the thing. You would think they would address that in this story, but they don't. I mean, that, that's a question worth asking. Well, okay, fine. Why was Joe Biden pretending to be a KGB spy when emailing his son? Yeah, mole. Yeah, what were what the emails about? They don't talk about that in this story. Because it's not, because that's the meat and potatoes that they're trying to distract us from. No doubt, Conan, but the interesting thing They want thing crack, here, and they want uh, meth, and they want the street, the, the hookers. 
The takeaway here, though, at the very least, if we don't even know that we don't know what the emails were about, we, it is confirmed he called himself Peter. And now the and allegation is Peter. The allegation is that Hunter refers to him as Pedo Peter in his iPhone messages. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here with whatever is on your mind. Number 603-283-6160. Are the Hondurans upset about the special economic zone projects that they, are coming to their area? They wouldn't be the first ones. I mean, there was this ZA thing going on somewhere recently that got a lot of pushback. and the, Somewhere besides Honduras? Well, it may have been the Honduras. I don't know. But they, there was some sort of pushback and the ZA law got repealed. That or happened in Honduras. Some sort of, okay. Yeah, I'll, we'll get into that coming up here in a bit. Uh, it's gotten some mainstream media attention with The Guardian. With you tonight, it's Ian. Aria and Conan. But we are going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. You can bring up what you want. I do want to say um, I'm sorry to hear that apparently one of our longtime chatters on the chat server has passed away. Wow. Uh, young guy, too. Apparently he drowned. Uh, and this is apparently legit. Like, because, you know, a lot of people troll pretty hard on our server. So if somebody claims that yeah, there, but there's, there's what, a death. What? What did he know about Hillary Clinton is what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. He lived in like Romania or something. Uh, but according to Kevin from the Internet, who is uh, one of the admins of the Free State Project Discord, he says the same guy uh, hung out a lot on the Free State Project Discord and then he was a big fan of Free Talk Live. He did a lot of pretty heavy duty trolling on our chat server. And I actually didn't even know he was. I didn't even know he listened to the show because all he ever did was troll. Uh, was troll of the chat server. But apparently he was a big fan. So I uh, want to say that you know, I'm sorry to hear about that. From uh, his name was Xenia. Apparently, I don't know if that was his Aww, real name. Yeah. But yeah, and the, the the way we know this is supposedly legit is his mother apparently reached out to Kevin on the Discord server that the Free State Project has. So it seems like it's probably for real. Uh, if it's not for real, then we'll stop announcing uh, when people <laughs> on our chat <laughs> server pass away. But anyway, let's go to your phone calls. Uh, we got Olivia on the line in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, yeah, I remember Xenia. That's that's kind of depressing to hear. Um, today's my birthday, so I kind of wanted to celebrate with you guys. All right. Well, happy um, birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. And more good news. It looks like I'm coming to New Hampshire. Wow. So, Congrats. Yeah, I- I'm super excited, but also nervous. Like I want this, I really want this to work out and I really want it to last. Like I don't want to have to move back in three months. It's mm, great. So, yeah. It's no um, fun to uh, you know, have to tuck your tail between your legs and admit failure. I mean, it sure. it has happened to some people who've moved here without a plan and uh, you know, without any kind of savings or whatever. But that said, some people have moved here by the seat of their pants and, and they made it work. So it just all depends on, on the individual in that case. Have you moved before? Are you in Arizona? native who've always lived in the same place i've moved all over the southern half of the united states i've never really been up north so okay. i've done it before but i always had somebody with me so mm-hmm. this time it's solo all right yep. uh well if it's you're gonna coming, be an adventure yep if you're coming during the summertime you'll have time to acquire clothing for the the winter because i suspect you don't have uh what you need if you live in arizona no probably 
probably not. So <laughs> any other advice is appreciated too. It's been very chilly this summer. Like usually when I take my dog out at two in the morning or whatever, I I want to grab a hoodie. It, I mean, it's late Ju- yeah, or it's it was, mid July. It, it was upper forties a couple of days ago. But at nighttime, just, yeah, it's oh, like wow. that's not good for garden. Uh, mm. productivity. Yeah, my peas are dead as a result well, of it. that's summertime too. What yeah. uh, Do you guys have any advice as a, for a new mover, somebody moving all alone to New Hampshire? Uh, have a plan. Get a job. Have a job waiting for you or know something. They say it's, jobs you, are easy to get. They, I mean, well, they say it's easier to find a job when you're actually here or at the very least if with you... A, with, the, with an address. That's yeah. kind of something that you need to have. Or at the very least, a phone number that starts with 603 to kind of show people that you're you know, yeah. really from around have here. Have a little bit of savings. But I got to say, there's no better time to find a job in New Hampshire than right now as far yeah. as, you know, you could literally go down this main street in, in Keene, New Hampshire, and I, I don't know if it's every building has a help wanted sign, but it's certainly a lot of them. I, I mean, there's a there's a business that I know the people there that's opening next month or whatever, and they're going to need a staff. So when I first moved, uh, well, not moved, but when I first came up to visit and I, I basically spent a whole week just driving around looking at all the little towns. And uh, Keene's very pretty. It's kind of, it's kind of got, it's got its liberals, but uh, very, it's a very pretty town, and it's close to a lot of things. Uh, but no, I lived in my I lived in my truck for a whole month. Um, wow! I, During I, the I, summer, though, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I I moved here in I my first visit was in January, March, May, so it was still cold. Okay, well, chilly. It's survivable. Though. But I got yeah. a, but I, the first thing I did was I got a membership at the YMCA. So, so I had shower. so I had sh- I had shower mm-hmm. options and I I I was you know working out because I had lots of time on my hands too but uh, a lot a lot of that month was just finding a place that I wanted to move into not you know something that it was forced upon me because I was you know desperate uh, and of course uh, I just transferred I was working at Walmart at the time so I just transferred Walmart's right that makes it easy and the only problem that I had is I thought I was going to buy a house right off the bat but uh, I I've always been a part time guy. And banks don't like giving loans to people who have part-time jobs. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, look, I, look at my credit credit rating and look at my money saved. You know I had the, the, the money. You know I'm good for it. They don't care about that, though. And they're like, no, you got to be full-time. So I, I immediately switched over to full-time uh, at my job. And uh, the bank gave me a loan like a month later, and I bought a house. So. Very uh, cool. But, but that was in 2012. You're not buying <laughs> the last thing in the world you, you're going to be doing these days, unless, you, unless you're jacked, is buying a home. Uh, and, and rent has gone up too. I don't so, think I mean, Olivia's looking is... into buying a home right now, though. But I mean, the, the living in your car, it could be an option until you find something that you really, really like. As I understand it, I've heard that Olivia has a line on a place to stay. Um, that said, that may not be public information, so I won't say anything more about that. Uh, Olivia, anything else you want to ask or or share in this case? Um, I have been applying to jobs. I or One seemed pretty promising in Marlboro, but I haven't heard back from That's the only problem, like that you send your resume like they ask and then you don't hear back from them and also i just don't want to have to move back in three months you know what i mean yeah. when I, are you I, when are you moving up august Ooh, okay so very cu- soon you're, yeah you're cu- yeah but you're cutting it well how, how many more months is that to what to, to august, august. That's Ju- next july month, august that's two holy weeks. crap <laughs> <laughs> two and a half weeks it's gonna be august we're summertime aren't we yeah all right that's why your peas are dying by the way are you summer yeah. it's summer yeah, it is. <laughs> it's officially summer, too, because last like I've been cutting off my AC and ri- raising up my windows, you know, at night for the last, you know, month and a half or whatever. Even, and it's been I just fine. even installed my AC this year. Right, it's, it's so been just chill. Fine. It's so chill. I but wonder- last night was, uh-uh. Last night the AC came back on. 
I want to get back to Olivia's job situation here because given the desperation that we've heard from so many business You could just walk into any place I in, in Keene. If you I, want to be if it's if it's like restaurant or whatnot, I mean, yeah, you can just walk yeah, in. I can't believe that you're not getting any kind of uh contacts back, Olivia, but you know, the old um situation with getting a job is the people that you know, back when it used to be a competitive to get a job, now they, they claim that no one's applying, that it's hard to even find people uh, who want to work. At least that's what I've heard over the last several months. Maybe that situation's starting to change, and I'm not aware of it, right? Because I'm not out there uh, looking for it. But- you, know, you know what happened? People just retired. We've been talking about this for years. There's the retirement, the baby boomers are retiring. It's so much simpler and co- than and this. When, and when COVID happened, a lot of these baby boomers that weren't going to retire in this year, but maybe a couple of years from now, they just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm retiring now. I mean, the, the explanation for, like, we have uh, a troll over there in the YouTube chat saying employers never call people back. No, look, you're, you're being ridiculous, right? When you, when you go to try to find a date... You don't ask one girl and they go, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I played my hands. Now I just have to wait on this girl to call me back. There right? are, that's there not are how no this more works. fish in the sea. This yeah. Is- you apply to multiple jobs. One of them will call you back. One of them will hire you. You don't just put in one application and go, boy, I hope they yeah. actually call back. That's not the way anything in the real world works. And jobs are no different. It so is- sure, maybe McDonald's looks at your resume and they go, no, this person's not going to work. But, you know, the Vietnamese restaurant or Cumbies or whatever looks at it and goes, yeah, this person would be a good fit. Right. But you got to put it out there on a, a multitude of, of, uh, of occasions. Um, and that said, it never hurts to follow up. I mean, it never hurts to, to you know, if also there's true. one in particular that you want more than the others is to call back after a week or whatever. I don't know what the optimal time frame is. You don't want to be a pest, but at the same time, you want to let them know that you've, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil kind yeah. of thing, right? Like that you're out there and that you're still interested. And always send a uh, thank you note after that interview always if you get to the interview right she, sure. she may not have gotten to that point and and i don't know i mean olivia you call from a uh an arizona number and it could be yep. that they're just marking you off the list because you don't live they, here i think you're a telemarketer maybe uh, so that may be an option as well i wish you uh, the best thanks for the call tonight definitely appreciate hearing from you and like aria says you put it out there enough to enough places that are looking to hire somebody's going to call you back I think even if you do have an Arizona number, I think you might get a call back. But but if you I had a get, Memphis number, if you can get a uh, you know a, a cell phone number with a six zero three area code, might help you a little bit. Uh, more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Conan. Before we get into this Honduras uh, situation, I did find the story about Joe Biden and what he said about one of the things that he said about black people. Apparently, he also said it about Hispanics. Uh, and again, this is in the context of Jill Biden's recent gaffe calling Hispanics or likening them to the variety of breakfast tacos <laughs> available in San Antonio. I said, you know, it, if it was just a one-off, it would be a little more excusable. But when you look at what her husband has said about blacks and apparently Hispanics, then it might show a trend. And this, so, is, this is how elites think about the little people. The others. The yeah. others. The pe- I really wish in that clip of Hillary Clinton, she had pulled out a slice of watermelon and dumped hot sauce on it and just like started eating it. That's the only thing that could have made it better. You know, she is from the South. 
Yeah. So I'm sure. No, she's she, not. Isn't she from New York? She's from. She's from uh, Georgia. Bill Clinton's from the South. He's from Arkansas. Ooh. All right. Hold on. I didn't realize that. So yeah. I don't know about Hillary. Yeah. I, th- I don't I know where they, she's originally. I thought from. they were like. I thought they were cousins. Hillary's <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm glad you started laughing because I was like, Hillary's his wife, dude. <laughs> I see what you're saying now, though. Uh, so I'm on a website called Remescla, which is a Latin-operated, looks like a pop culture site of some sort. Anyway, this is their report. Yolanda Machado reporting that uh, President Joe Biden gave a town hall as president. This was back in 2021 in February. And then he made a pretty big faux pas, as they point out here. The town hall took place in Milwaukee, and a local doctor asked why, out of all the vaccines administered, only 3% of black people and 5% of Latinos had received the vaccine, despite being two of the community's hardest hit. Because they know better. They know history. They know the history of the government um, yeah. using them for experiments, you mean? Exactly. <laughs> Biden's response was two parts. First, after he reminded the doctor of why the black and Latino communities are distrusting of vaccines, being that black people were used as, quote, guinea pigs and other experiments, unquote, for far too long in our history. Biden also addressed the lack of walk-up vaccine centers for marginalized communities who don't have access to cars. He plans on... Blah, blah, blah. So he answered that part. But then it says where the next part is where he fumbled. Quote. All of that's a fumble. The The fact is that they don't even need cars to get vaccines. If you just went out into public during the height of the COVID-19 vaccination thing that we went through, you would have been offered a vaccine. The signs were everywhere. CVS, Walmart, oh, yeah. everywhere you Multi- went. Multiple setups all over town here. But in here's Key. what he said after that. Quote. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination at the Walgreens or at that partic- the particular yeah. store. This is how progressives see minorities. They can't figure out how to use the Internet, how to get to the DMT, DMT, the DVD, the whatever, the, the driver's place to get their card, to get their driver's license. Um, they they look down on these people because they're out of their tone deaf. They're out of touch and they don't they they feel like they're above. Sure. And, and by the way, Hillary's from Chicago. Oh, OK. But it is worth pointing out again that Jill Biden's reference to tacos was talking to Hispanic people. She was not. She was actually not trying to be racist or not. It wasn't racist at all. It's just a an ability inability to read the crowd, just like you wouldn't speak to, you know, the NAACP or whatever, and start talking about how much you love fried chicken. You don't stand in front of a room. <laughs> Hillary, of his, Hillary would. I know, but you don't. You, but and, I do love and fried she, chicken. And she didn't become president. I like and, you wa- go, and I like watermelon. Yeah, I me mean, too. I was eating watermelon today. Yes, but you don't do that, and you don't stand in front of a room of Hispanics <laughs> and talk about how much you love tacos or whatever. This is, this is no. Actually, Trump did. What, or, was, what was the whole Taco Bell? Well, I don't think it would be offensive to say Taco that Bowl. you love eating their, you know, their food. But or you don't whatever, focus but, on that, right? You don't go. Man, it's so great to be in front of all of these wonderful people who brought me the gift of tacos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would. <laughs> it was, but I'm not a, but I'm not yeah. an elite. You're a troll as well, though. So no, I'm not that. Not as not like the trolls in our troll room. Uh, you can join that troll room over at chat.freetalklive.com. All right. So, yeah, it, these politicians are so disconnected from average people, they don't have any idea what it's like to be a normal person. 
And uh, you, you mentioned Hillary in another classic clip of hers, and I don't remember if it was the Trump uh, campaign or when this was, but she was brought into somebody's apartment in New York City or some somewhere where they have very small you know, apartments. Yeah, they live and, in cubes. And the look on her face was just so I I shocked. I don't remember this one. I have not seen because it, yeah. it. Because yeah. it was so small? or because it was, it was all... She couldn't understand that pe- people, people lived, lived like this that. way. Right? And <laughs> she also is known for never having driven a car in her life what? as well. Yeah, she's that disconnected from what it's like to be a real person. So that's why they have, during campaigns, they have all these campaign events that are designed to try to humanize these people because they are not like... The rest of us at all. They're so privileged and so special. Going your whole life without driving a car, though, that's beyond your average Hunter Biden or Donald Trump level special. That's what I've heard. Maybe it's not true, right? That's that's what I've heard. She's just that disconnected. But she's not alone, right? Like, that's why they put Joe Biden in an ice cream shop or whatever. And he talks about how he has, you know, ice cream with his grandchildren or whatever, because they want to humanize him. They don't want him to be seen as the monster who passed the 1994 crime bill and put a bunch of people just like his son behind bars for the rest of their lives. They don't want people remembering that stuff. I thought the ice cream was to cool his brain down because it's overheating. (laughs) It's running full full speed ahead at all times meanwhile they criticized donald trump for getting a bunch of mcdonald's delivered to the white house i mean that's the most and normalized normal. thing he could have done and that taco bowl he had on his in the one meme i don't know i don't remember i don't a remember that bowl? one he had a taco bowl and he, he he was displaying it for everyone to see i don't, I don't like remember. a chipotle kind of thing like a taco like you're eating donald food? trump strikes me as the kind of guy who does like mcdonald's though like he he seems like he he likes his quarter pounders or whatever the dude is a germaphobe though is he yeah, I don't know why I would if I was that way, I would never buy anything from a fast food restaurant. I would only buy from, you know, <laughs> established uh restaurants that I knew well, were clean. Well, for a germaphobe, it only matters if they see the other person touching it, right? Yeah, maybe that's the truth. Phones are open if you want to join in here. 603-283-6160. I'm sure as time goes on, we'll see even more Biden gaffes until they decide to uh kick him out of office or whatever ends up happening to him because again, we're not even 2 years into this thing. At this point, and already so much has happened. Apparently, his approval rating is now scraping Donald Trump's it's gonna record. Be down, low. He's going to be down to Congress level pretty soon. Happy Cinco de Mayo! The best taco bowls are made in Trump Tower Grill. I love Hispanics. Really? That's- <laughs> <laughs> See, but we know when Trump does it that he's like he he is tone deaf and he doesn't care if it comes off as sounding. Dude, that's one of the most racist things I've ever heard a president tweet. I think he's I think he is seriously sincere. On but this that's one. not a he's, racist he's, statement. He's there with a big he's with a big ass <laughs> taco bowl and he's got a big old gr- you know yeah. s eating grin on his face. It's not racist, it's not racist. no, but it's. It's like, only racist if I mean maybe under the new definition. He knew racism. what he was doing though. Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's that, that's my point. New, new racism is just identifying stereotypes. Yeah, but Not, real racism is believing that one race is another. superior to another, and that statement has none of that. Uh, I also love tacos, and I prefer. <laughs> them, I love taco and, bowls, and I prefer them in Mexico because it's just better, authentic, they're cheaper, and they're better. Uh, Authentico. More coming up here in moments. You can join us, 603-283-6160. But some people want you to move to Honduras. We'll talk about it coming up. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
here in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Aria. And Conan. Don't forget you can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Many features await you there, including uh, the AMPS program. Joseph Schull is a Free Talk Live silver amplifier, meaning Joseph is contributing to AMPS, which you can join over at amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us uh, get the ideas of freedom onto more great radio stations around the country. If you like what we do here for five bucks a month, you can help us do more of it. Just go to amps.freetalklive.com. You can join our Patreon there. That's amps.freetalklive.com. So our co-host Mark Edge has been promoting this Honduran ZA concept. ZA is uh, short for Special Economic Zone or something like that. There's a there's a Spanish version of it, and that's okay. what it's actually short for. But uh, that's what it means, Special Economic Zone. And uh, he's been kind of uh, going around the whole world looking at these different Special Economic Zone projects, many of which are sort of still being in the in the creation stage. They're in the right. idea stage, or they're just buying the property stage, or cutting a deal with governments. But basically, the idea behind these things is that some sort of private organization comes to a government that is generally not as like successful or wealthy as the United States, and they say, hey... Here's a big plot of land that you have that no one's using. How about we buy that plot of land and then we build all kinds of businesses and whatever on that plot of land. But you guys don't put your regulations on us that you would normally put on businesses in your country. And we'll give people jobs because we're going to need to hire people. So we'll give some local people some yeah. some jobs and it'll be an economic boom for your economy and even though there won't be the same taxes if any taxes, it'll get people work. It'll This it'll- is this is what central planners do. They they create these incentives for attracting people. We have one here in Keene, the downtown the downtown district, hmm. which is a special walled off area where the all the money stays in that district, and it doesn't go anywhere else. Well, that's it? a bit different from. I mean, if you, if you had a status trying to create one of these ZAs, that that would certainly be the result, right? But well, this, this is, isn't necessarily these the, ZAs the, aren't necessarily the central are gonna, planning. The Hondurans are going to be paying for this. They're going to be special incentives that stay in this one little zone, and uh, and the, how are the Hondurans paying for this? The taxpayers. How through their city? Their city is they're, they're going to be. Focusing attention and development. No, the city's supposedly not involved in this. So the idea is they're going to be buying a plot of land that no one's using. It's kind of out in the woods, so to speak. Or in this case, the one we're going to talk the one, about. The one I saw is was on right, in the, right in the middle. Oh, okay, well, a couple of months ago when when uh, Mark was on, I was looking at one of these zones. And it was right in the middle of one of these one of these cities, Honduran cities. I've never heard of that one. Whatever that one is, I don't know what it is. There was Mark, one, call in and tell me what we were talking about. There was one in Honduras. I, I saw it on the, uh, on the Google Maps, and it, it looked like a just a regular... There's bo- one in Honduras called Morazon.city. I think that's the one you're talking about. But there's nothing about. there yet. No, no. There's They've, they've oh, built okay. things. Yeah, there's there's some people living there, uh, but it's out on the outskirts of a city. It's not like right in the midst of, uh, of a city. So anyway, the generally the idea, as I understand it, Conan, is they buy a plot of land that no one's using for anything. It's out in the middle of the woods or somewhere that's not immediately in the middle of you know a city. It would not require city municipal services. They're going to do their own thing for water, do their own thing for it, got to take care of themselves. Which, what's this uh, new one called? Idea. Uh, the one that uh, I think the, you're referring the, the to island. is more. Oh, the island is called Prospera. Yeah, I'm, so I'm looking at the list of them, and uh, I think it. I think the Morazon was in fact the one that I was looking at. Morazon is the one that's inland, 
the Prospera is the one on the island. I like, by the way, I like that name. It's I'm a great name. I'm, al- it's a great I'm name. already, uh, I'm already down with and that. And it's an interesting concept. Unfortunately, our first, my first objection when I first heard Mark getting into this, because he's been promoting these concepts for you know half a decade, I think at this point. My first objection was, how can you trust a government? That's what made, that was literally my first response as well. It's like, okay, th- this is great, but what government has ever kept its word on I these sorts of things? As soon as they start doing well for themselves, they're going to come in and take it. They're going to someone's going to some new government. It might not be this one. Might might be one twenty years from now. It's like, yeah. hey, you know what? Why are we letting these guys get away living living high like they are? Right. Or well, as they, we saw we, in Florida, we, we they will allow it. it as long as you sing the song they want you to sing. Or they will say to themselves, well, they paid us a million dollars up front. They probably have two million now. And they'll come in and they'll, ask, they'll demand more in order to leave you alone. And right. then you're just paying another form of property taxes. Unless, unless these uh, Zetas uh, uh, have some real good security. And I know good that... Good enough when, to when, keep when, the government out? When it comes to... When it comes to South America, you better believe it. When I was in Honduras, uh, the ATM, the banks with the ATMs that were doing well, mm-hmm. they had dudes out with shotguns. With shotguns. Yeah, dudes in plain, not civil, not military clothing, yeah. not police clothing. These were private dudes, agents. private agents with shotguns. Uh, it was it was it was Tegucigalpa, Hondur- mm-hmm. uh, Honduras. That was a wild. What were you doing down there? Uh, it was military exercise. Ah, two okay. months. Um, only time I've ever been out of the uh, out of America, huh. but uh, how long? Two months. You two said? months. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good learning experience actually. So the thing is, they didn't even give them more than a handful of years before they swooped in and changed the game. The Honduran government gang decided to undo the ZA situation. They undid whatever the law is. Now it isn't completely undone, but they voted unanimously. To undo this thing just a few months ago, we covered it here on Free Talk Live, Mark called in saying, well, it's not over yet because they're going to have to re-vote next year. But it's like, well, if they unanimously voted this year, the odds that they're going to all of a sudden be split uh, you know, in one year's time seems pretty slim. But it isn't over yet. It reminds me of the Croydon thing, actually, which happened here in New Hampshire mm-hmm. where a free stater got you know, the school board to like slash the budget by half or something like that. He got and, the people of a town yeah. who were attending the town meeting to slash the budget the and it was all very successful until, until they, everyone until else found the law no never mind that everyone else found out what this person was doing and they said no no we're not allowing that and then something like 300 to 2 was the result when they they did the other an yeah they broke vote. the law and had another it, vote they write the law it doesn't they matter if they, they break the it law. They, they, they called for a special election yeah, they're the ones who wrote the law, you know man. What? It doesn't that, matter. That might actually be true. And but, it's the same thing here. You know, they, they got this little ZA law passed and they're like, hey, look, guys, we did it. We had our libertarian success, success story and people found out about it. And they came out in mass and voted unanimously to undo it. By the way, the wiki claims the three existing Zetas uh, are grandfathered in for the next 50 years. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so Prospera, I mean, Morazan, and or- Orkida. It sounds like they're going to be fighting it out in court over these things happening. But let's get into the story because now the mainstream media has gotten wind of this and they are on the attack. Of course they are. They don't, they don't want people leaving the plantation the and going to start in their new, their new utopia. Story. And I mean, just as a realistic point of view here, uh, if if I was a white person trying to do this, I, I would be worried that the same thing was going to happen to me that the Americans did to the Native Americans and just not keep their word. They're going to like, hey, look, hey, gringo, remember that time you genocided all of the Native Americans and shoved them off into reservations and then told them you'd leave them alone and did it? Guess what? Now it's our turn to do that to you. 
I don't know that they would use that premise. They would just do it. Sure. They would, hey, we like your stuff. We're coming in. Right. Here's a story from uh, The Guardian's Jeff Ernst reporting from Crawfish Rock. Straight ahead of Wilford Webster's hilltop home, waves break over the turquoise waters that surround the reefs offshore. Look at this, he said, his arms framing the panorama. Who wouldn't want this? To the left is the community of crayfish. Is it crawfish or crayfish? I've always heard crawfish. Okay. Craw- Craw- if, you're, if you're south, you're cr- it's crawfish. Yeah, okay. Crawfish rock. A few hundred people <laughs> of mostly English-speaking black Caribbean descent who live in raised wood slat homes on ancestral land. To the right, there's a security booth with cameras, a gate, and a guard. Just beyond that, a prototype residence and the headquarters of a controversial startup city sit amidst a landscape scarred by a bulldozer and deep holes hu- dug for the foundation of the next phase of construction. Man, if... Initially, I was like, you know, calling this colonization is is not helping the matter. But as you read that paragraph, yeah, it sounds exactly like colonizing. You know, you got these native-born people here, and this white guy looking around going, who wouldn't want all of this? Well, all of this belongs to the people who are already no, there, I, dis- I disagree. It's the same difference between civil war versus revolution. It depends on who's doing. Governments colonize. Single individuals don't colonize. They go camping. We got okay. more coming up here. Uh, the number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. This Wilford guy, though, I don't know if he's a white dude. He's apparently against the uh, Prospera thing. We'll find out more coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Bring whatever you want. 603-283-6160 is the number. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Conan. I'm guessing you can still get tickets because we haven't been told otherwise to the upcoming Freedom Fest. But it starts tomorrow. So if you're not already heading to Vegas, uh, it's probably getting close to being too late to get these tickets online i don't know for how long the code ftl50 is gonna work but you can try it and see if i took it off the schedule after today so after today i i'm confident it will still work today well i'm not gonna go that far but you know i'm confident not certain (laughs) (laughs) okay uh you can try it out see if it works if it does work then you'll get 50 bucks off if not uh, well, you show up and get whatever you get as far as uh, at-the-door prices. Freedomfest.com. Because a lot of times when you're putting together a big event like this, they cut off the online sales a few few days beforehand so they can do things like print the name badges and, and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but uh, Freedom Fest is happening in the Mirage in Las Vegas. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be there speaking about locating liberty, where I guarantee you he's going to be talking about Honduras yep. and the special economic zone. So you might want to hit him with, uh, with your questions if you're going to be attending that event just go troll him you have my support just go troll the guy he needs it <laughs> right he's not on the air with us enough so he definitely <laughs> needs it uh freedomfest.com code ftl50 gets you 50 bucks off maybe uh it might be a little bit too late for that uh freedom fest is a huge event there are probably going to be a few thousand folks there maybe at least two two thousand people it tends to be the typical attendance there so it's a, it's one of the biggest events for liberty out there the conference theme this year is turning the tide in addition to our very own mark edge you'll be able to see even bigger names like john cleese ben stein steve forbes senator Rand paul glenn beck uh, Spike Cohen, Justin Amash, and others. You can go to 
freedomfest.com to learn more about the event. It, gets, it kicks off tomorrow, and it goes through the 16th. It's a four-day-long event, uh, so check it out, freedomfest.com. So we're talking about the Honduras, uh, one of the Honduras projects. This one's on an island called Roatan. And it's a very interesting place. I mean, Mark went there a few years ago to check this thing out. He ultimately, I think, had some sort of a disagreement with the person who was putting this uh, Prospera ZA special economic zone thing together. So he ultimately decided not to join the Prospera project. And then he found this other one in the mainland called Morazan.city. And since then, Mark has kind of I don't know if he's doing his own thing now. I think exactly. he's doing his own thing now. I think he is, but it's too late to become a ZA because they're canceling that program. So I'm not sure exactly what the legal status of unless whatever can, it is. Unless they can get it unappealed. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, this is still a developing situation, but now the mainstream media is jumping on board and they are on the attack. Uh, against Prosper, which is kind of interesting. It's almost like they're kicking them when they're down in this case because, you know, this thing's under threat now at this point with the Honduras government undoing the Special Economic Zone program. They're going to be having to fight this thing out in court. But anyway, the point of this story is to basically, um, you know, badmouth this project and show people on the island who don't like them, and they don't bother to show anybody that likes them. So it's it's really, it's a slanted piece, but I'll share uh, the rest of it with you here. So we're talking about Crawfish Rock, which is a community of a few hundred people of mostly English-speaking Black Caribbean descent who live in woodslat homes raised on uh, ancestral land there on the island. And that's one of the interesting things about Roatan is it's an English-speaking, primarily English-speaking mm-hmm. place. And that's because there's been a lot of expats that have moved there. There's a lot of tourism uh, that goes there. Like Jamaica then, right? It's off the coast of Honduras. Um, and so it's not like sort of – it's it's part of Honduras but not really. Okay. And, and it's sort of out there and it's a totally different place. By the way, crawfish, crayfish, same thing. I knew it, it was the same thing. Just I'm not sure about the pronunciation. South- Southerners say crawfish. Where is it? Who says crayfish? Uh, people from outside of su- the southern okay. south. Well, okay, but people who are wrong say crayfish. Got it. <laughs> uh, so to uh, so, so they talk about this guy named Wilfred Webster, and he's bragging about the beauty the beauty of the area. And then they describe that to the right of his property is a security booth and a prototype residence for this. Uh, this project perched on an incline where the road splits the countryside as much as the community webster's home on the island of roatan is at the center of a battle over land rights and sovereignty that has galvanized honduras it's also symptomatic of a broader phenomenon throughout the region where foreigners often cryptocurrency enthusiasts libertarians or both have flocked in recent years supporting controversial projects such as the proposed bitcoin city in el salvador threatening to displace local residents and drawing comparisons to colonialists it's, it's crypto gentrification it what? sort of is but to my knowledge none of these libertarian or crypto projects have made any effort or any desire or any attempt to displace locals i don't they think go, that's what they want to do no. they go to places where there aren't locals where, where they're going to be left alone because well, according they don't, to this there's a hundred people in Rotan. Ro- Ro- this is no no not rotan's got like two, twenty thousand. this is like a village or something oh uh, they're called Crawfish Rock. But they're not trying to displace those people. They're not trying to kick them out. No, many, I think how, a lot of them want to hire How them. many people are on the island? 20,000? 20, so how, yeah, how how are a couple crypto nuts going to displace t- uh, that many people? If you've got enough money? I mean... I think a lot of them, the supposed plan is to hire the natives. I suspect it is, yeah. I, I think but, it's incorrect to say they want to displace the natives. But there are obviously going to be people who don't feel good about 
invaders, right, that are upset about the colonizers in the same way that the, like Democrats, the Democrats are mad about the free staters here in New Hampshire. Or, or anyone who attacks your sacred schools. The left hates yeah. the when it comes to school choice. This, that's and the it's thing. it's, it's the guys... same kind of argument. You have these people who are trying to take the money from the system and take and, and put their kids in church. But the difference church here is this isn't a movement. The Prospera thing isn't a movement to change the system. The Prospera thing seems to be a movement of leaving the system, of getting out from under it. Let the people have their system, basically. The idea of the ZA is you guys have your system over there and just leave us alone here on this plot of land and we'll do good things and hire people. That seems to be the the pitch, but of course some people don't like it. So uh, Webster, the man they're interviewing, says he has a message for the ones who moved in next door. Go home. When the new Honduran government repealed... But see, that's not his property, so he doesn't get to do that. Well, he can try to make it's it uncomfortable for them. It's sure. the same thing with the anti-freestaters. I'm, I'm living on my property. Why do they hate me? And why, they, they can't they tell me what to do. They hate you because you want to change the system. You and the other freestaters... By, leave, by leaving other people alone. But in order to do that, you have to take control of the halls of power yeah. and then repeal government programs. And they feel like if you repeal those government programs then everything is going to be a there disaster. Goes, there goes their and, safety net. Yeah, I mean, they literally had signs at the protests this weekend saying that free staters want to abolish ambulance service. No, we don't. Now, what, what was what amazing say. is that Keene doesn't even have a public ambulance yes, it service. Does. It was yeah. a private one. No, it has both. Okay. It, has, it has both, And yeah. the private one just got bought by the county. So. I, I was aware <laughs> of that, but before that. That's, okay. been, yes. that's been in the works for years yeah. and years. They claim there's all these problems. and Yeah, but disregarding that recent history, Keene was proof that you could, in fact, have a private ambulance Correct. service. I think the only reason it sold was because they wanted to retire or something like mm. that, so. Yeah, there's uh, that's the that's the truth, and I'm sure they're not. I'm sure Keene's not the only town that has private ambulance service. And I don't even want to get rid of your ambulance service. I want to know why, if I go home tonight and I start choking or whatever, and I need to ride to the hospital, why the hell is that ambulance service going to cost me twelve hundred dollars to ride, you know, two and a half mm. miles from my house to the hospital? Because that's what these hospital bills run. No, screw your ambulance service. I will get an Uber, thank you, and it'll cost me twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's the ambulance service I want. That's not, be, but, that's, but that's not just Keen. That's, and it'll that probably is, get there faster. Probably. That is the medical... Uh, I, know, I know, and that's what they're trying to save. They want to save those $1,200 ambulance bills or whatever. I'm like, no, screw that. Get an Uber. License your... Allow your people... You know, you know what the county should do? The county should hire Uber. To act as their ambulance guys. The only issue with that is that, you know, then you don't have the siren and all of that. And really what we right. just need to, we need to have you, a little it, bit of understanding. If someone's flying down the road at 90 miles per hour and they've got their hazards on and everything, you you should just assume on a human level that there's probably something urgent going on. Well, if we actually had a free market in healthcare, then we'd probably have multiple private services and the price of ambulance service would go down yep. as a result of that. But, Same thing with the fire department. Same um, thing with the police. Back to Honduras. So when the new Honduran government repealed a pair of laws in late April that had allowed for the creation of semi-autonomous zones called a ZA. It sent a similar message. But investors in the ZA on Roatan, known as Honduras Prospera, have challenged the move. When investing in Honduras, Honduras Prospera Incorporated relied on specific legal stability guarantees from Honduras's government that the rights and authorities provided by the ZA legal framework would remain in effect as to Prospera for many decades. 
wrote investors in a statement published in May, adding that they expect, quote, Honduras to respect its commitments under legal stability agreements and international treaties, unquote. Yeah, I've heard that before. The idea was, oh, well, they have to hold it or they're going to have to take it before the international court. Okay, you're going to sue the state and get other states to be the judges on this. Good job. Good luck with that. There, and I've heard this claim as well, and I understand that's probably there's probably some lawyer who says that to these people. But judging by my brief, you know, research into the international court, the only people who can bring cases to the international court are states, and those states have to be members of the international court. And Honduras is one of them, but you can't take Honduras to the international court. Only other states, other nations, can take Honduras to the courts. I don't know how they're going to pull this thing off. There's more coming up here, though. On hour three on the way. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Kicking off the third hour of the program. We're getting into what is clearly a hit piece against the one of the more, I guess, noteworthy special economic zones that's being developed as we speak in Honduras on an island called Roatan that is called Prospera. And this is something that Mark Edge, our co-host, had once upon a time checked out. I think it was before they'd even broken ground uh, on this place was when Mark went down there to meet these folks. And I guess they had some sort of a vision uh, difference in vision or whatever. I don't know what I don't know what the disagreement was, but for whatever reason, Mark chose to not join this particular project. But they uh, they've been making progress apparently, and so now some, somebody in the uh, the mainstream media is mad about that. His name is Jeff uh, Jeff Ernst, who's reporting for the Guardian. And I just came across that uh, apparently the Prospera folks have a response, a series of tweets that they posted to call out the lies and the misinformation that they uh, that was, was put in this Guardian story that we're sharing with you here. Tonight, by the way, it is Ian. Aria. And Conan. So uh, I'm going to go through some of the responses here as we, we go through the story. Uh, and so one of the points that Prospera makes is that right out in the beginning of the article, they describe their development as scarred by a bulldozer, which of course is an intentional choice of language meant to carry a negative connotation. Prospera says that their Twitter account is at Prospera Global. They say, but realize what he's describing negatively. We're building low-cost housing available to any islanders on an island afflicted by surging real estate prices and low average incomes. Would Jeff prefer no development for poor Hondurans? So that's what they say. That's fair, but it's why? The, it's the same argument with these lefties who defend the school system. Sort I mean, of, it's falling through the cracks. Their kids are falling through the cracks, and yet they... They're like, just throw more money at it. Mm-hmm. But 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 the but the whole idea of pulling your kids out and homeschooling or taking them to private schools or any other option, like no school, it drives these people insane. That's it, looking at it from the wrong point of view. As you mentioned earlier, they're gentrifying this area. That's what's causing the price of real estate to go up in the first place. That's what's... The prosperous people? No. Presum- no they're, well, they're what, is pricing the, what is pricing the Hondurans out of, out of their ancestral lands that they, they were talking about are a little they, while ago? Are they being priced out like the uh, Silicon Valley Well, that's people, what the prosperous the people are saying. And I'm, I would guess, without knowing intimately the situation, that a bunch of expats moving to this island... Island, a bunch of English-speaking rich expats coming there is pushing the price of housing up over you know however many decades that's been going on. Wouldn't those expats be like people from Prospera, though? 
No, expats from the United States and other countries. Is that, that what Prosper, Prospera is? Or by, like expats? By the way, this has been happening in New Zealand for decades. Where's the, where's the outrage there? You mean people, expats people, people, moving to people New Zealand? People moving to New Zealand and they are pushing out the natives. There might be outrage there. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, no, I mean, uh, outrage here, here oh. in the states, where uh, our news media is complaining about the well, problem. The the Guardian is in the UK, but um, that said, Jeff talks about deep holes rather than jobs and construction because he's trying to falsely suggest that the local environment is threatened. In reality, Prospera's ZA. Uh, environmental protections exceed those of the national government because they actually prohibit pollution. Uh, Jeff castigates Prospera ZA for being libertarian, as if libertarian were a curse word. Prospera welcomes a diversity of political perspectives and rejects Jeff's tribal approach. The ZA is a rule of law jurisdiction first and foremost, he says. So I'm going to go back to the hit piece here. This is from The Guardian, uh, and he talks about there's a standoff in which investors are gambling with millions. The government could be at risk of a costly lawsuit, and the fate of the affected communities hangs in the balance. The controversy dates back roughly a decade when the Honduran government reformed the Constitution and passed a law that paved the way for the creation of the uh, Employment and Economic Development Zones, the ZEDE. Mm -hmm. The idea was ripped from economist Paul Romer's proposal of charter cities in which the Nobel Prize winner theorized could promote development in areas plagued by poor governance. Romer proposed that a foreign nation act as a guarantor for the governance of charter cities, but the Honduran law instead allowed corporations to build a private city. The issue fell into the background until 2020 when the word spread that the first charter city had been established in Crawfish Rock, to the surprise of the village residents. Louisa Connor said, we didn't even know what a ZA was. She's the president of the local community association. So what this article does here is they only interview people that don't like Prospera. They never bother to actually seek out anyone on this island. And you know they must exist. I'm looking at pictures of it looks like natives with anti-Zeta sentiment signs. Is this in Roatan? I believe that it's in Roatan. Investors had appeared on Crawfish Rock about three years beforehand as a charitable charitable foundation, opening a community center and talking about plans to build a tourist center nearby. Well, it sounds like that's exactly what they did. Residents said they saw no reason to be suspicious. Connor said, quote, it's not anything out of the way for people to come and start building around us or starting projects, she said. Roatan is located about 40 miles north of the mainland and is one of the Caribbean's top tourist destinations and an expatriate haven, renowned for its white sand beaches and world-class diving. Up and down the beach, there are vacation homes and resorts owned by foreigners. Representatives of Prosper... So again, what's so different And I, And I want to know how their tax system works or if they even have one because that's what pushes these people out of their homes. It's not rich people moving in. It's rich people moving in and changing, uh, adding value to their property, which increases the tax rate or, you know, I suspect which, which, that's which gets, which, which gets per- pushed onto the poor, the poor folk who were originally there. Well, you're presuming but, there even is a property tax there. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't even know yeah. that. I don't know. I don't even know that that's the problem. But mm-hmm. I know that like in Silicon Valley, where the where the original inhabitants are getting kicked out by are not kicked out, but they're getting pushed out by high uh, real estate rates. Uh, that's why that is happening there, and this, I think it's the same thing in New Zealand. But I mean, if you if you live on a crummy, this, this is the whole thing about gentrification. You got something that's fallen through the cracks, and the real estate value is down, so it becomes, you know, it's a prime target for people who are trying to make an investment and make mm-hmm. a new life for themselves, and to go in there, they can get enough of them, and they can really turn something around, turn a, a crummy piece of property around, 
and and start a new uh, a new system. Uh, it's sad that the original inhabitants who were living in a crummy situation uh, ultimately suffer a, a decade or two down the road. Well, they don't have to suffer. Yeah, they could right. get. They could. They could adapt. They, and they could also applaud uh, these people who want to come in and, and invest in their community. That's, it's I, a, ultimately, it's a good thing. Yeah, I don't see what's so bad about yeah, this. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Ian. I, I don't see what's different about the Prospera that is different from all of the other resorts. Right. And like, Why are they the, picking Prospera? The because, difference is because there are people who, who intentionally want to move out of the plantation and they want to take their decentralized currency with them that is upsetting the system. Well, and the difference is Prospera has a special legal carve-out, and the rest of these people don't. And that could come across as a little unfair, right? Like, oh, well, guess. you know, our resort over here doesn't have tax freedom. Yep. We don't, we're not exempted from the regulations or whatever. How come you guys get that? Well, well they, you know what? They, they probably should do, they, sh- they should jump on board. Well, hey, that's we, hey, hey, we, hey, we like what you're doing over there. That makes so much sense. We think we could do it over here as well. That's the thing. The um, I know Mark had mentioned that there used to be a way, now maybe they're going to get rid of this because they're repealing the ZA law, mm-hmm. but there used to be a way for other property owners to join the ZA. So a- there could X. have been an expansion. Uh, but now maybe that's not even going to be possible since they're eliminating the laws. I don't know. This is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on and see how this develops. Well, it sort of raises the question of, okay, well, what is the ZA giving up when it you know, gets a special little legal, legal carve-out? What sort of legal services is it surrendering? Because you would expect that, right? Yes. Maybe they don't get fire service or police service or whatever. Yeah, I think they have to provide their own security and things right. like that. It's clearly worth it to them. I think what these people are realizing is the same thing the Democrats here in Keene realize is that you know, they don't actually, that's not good enough. Those services aren't good enough to justify being held prisoner to these tax schemes right. and to these legal apparatuses that oppress people. Representatives of Prosperous said they informed the community of their intentions in June of 2019, citing a document that was signed by a couple dozen residents that contains the word ZA but doesn't explain what it is. Connor says they deceived us big time. Further inflaming the situation. Do they not have Google on this island? <laughs> Prospera posted. They have internet. They, they might not. They might just be out there fishermen. No, they got internet. Uh, Prospera posted on their website drawings of three stages of expansion that appeared to include the center of Crawfish Rock within its jurisdiction, stoking fears that investors could invoke a legal clause that would allow for the expropriation of the land the community has lived on for generations. Representative of Prospera promised they wouldn't go that route, but their words provided little comfort. We'll get the uh, Prospera response and your calls and thoughts are welcome coming up free talk live you can join us here 603-283-6160 we're talking about the zedes the special economic zones, which are now an endangered species in Honduras as the Honduran government gang has undone the deal. They are abolishing I think the it was a, I think it was unanimous, too. It was they, unanimous. They decided yeah. uh, after, the last, after the last guy was ousted, uh, this new group came in, and for whatever reason... They're not having it. They want you to pay your taxes. They want you to get your permits. Yeah. They, want you, they want you to behave like a Honduran. They we don't want we, anybody we, to we, be exempt. We can't have these uppities coming in here. I'm reading another article from the rest of the world, and uh, it looks like there was some water problems with the original village. They lost access to their water. Who did? The uh, ro- uh, Not Roatan, but the crawfish uh, t- uh, little, little village. 
and the uh, village itself, not the Prospera people. Prospera was actually giving their water to the crawfish people. Oh, interesting. And then after, and then they gave them some leeway during the COVID mm-hmm. uh, era. And then once they once they was established that crawfish was turning their water back on, Prosper cut them off. Hmm. And uh, so I think there's some there's definitely some bad blood going on here where there's a situation where I, I think crawfish I think they're a little upset that some rich people are moving in next to them hmm. and have better facilities, uh, probably uh, probably better everything. I think they're a little uh, jealous, envious. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. Well, that's the thing. This is a private company basically and they are going to be able to do it better than governments yep you know and it's going to make governments look really crappy by by comparison and so maybe that's one of the reasons why they wanted to get rid of this well these private company people you know they have to drink this water Mm -hmm. you know the government doesn't have to drink the water that that they They pump into people at flint michigan or or in uh you know south american or central american countries where if you're drinking the local water you're probably going to get sick you know you you got to buy yeah. bottled water to uh, to not get sick. That's, that was, places. by the way, that was uh, the one thing that I was told through and through and through when I was in Honduras is don't, don't drink, drink the water, the water, the running water, the yep. tap water. Yep. Everything needed to come bottled. I didn't and, even uh, drink it uh, when I was in Acapulco. I went down there for two weeks in 2019 for the Anarchapulco event. Was staying with Mark and his family for the first week. Then we went to yep. Anarchapulco, and on like day one of Anarchapulco, as we were leaving the house that Mark and his family had, I, I got very sick. Yeah, and it's all I, it's all about the septic system. It might when have you, been when, the shower when, when you have a million people pooping out in the out in the woods mm-hmm. and it's just going straight into the 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 the, the, the aquifer i mean that's it your well, water your water's they tainted. just don't even have any good water treatment systems or anything from what i understand it's just it's bad yeah um but i you know i wasn't Boy, drinking i am the water. sold on moving to this place yeah, I, I wasn't drinking <laughs> the water i was making a point of you know well, not pro- drinking it aria prospera has rot water they have tanks and it has it seems like they have they a, probably a, purif- have a purification system, system. Yeah. It's the guys next door who didn't have running water for for a period of time. Sounds and, you like know, they're th- jealous. This is where th- this is sort of the issue I have with some of these communities. Like if I'm if I'm living in this place that's got nice, clean running water or whatever, and I look outside my window and I see the this twelve year old kid's you know dying of tapeworms because his drinking waters. I can't have a good time mm-hmm. looking out my back window and seeing. It's just one kid, Aria. It's not like <laughs> it's not like there's. Hundreds of them. I know, and I'm not saying, you know, the people at Prospera have to save the community and anything like that. I'm just saying, I don't know how they deal with that. To me, it's, what what's the point in being free and doing whatever it is they're trying to do if they're not trying to make life better for other people? Well, I yeah. think they, they would argue they are. They're saying, look, we're going to hire that's these the way people. I, that's the way I see gentrification. Ultimately, it works good for, it works well for everyone. Right. We're going to hire these people, and if they were legally allowed to, they'd probably expand their, their footprint as they become more successful and they need more property. And if and you need workers for whatever business that you're trying to start up, then you might end up having to, I don't know, uh, g- uh, gain their uh, uh Add incentives to them, maybe homes for them, and and nice clean drinking water, and uh, maybe facilities. Uh, ultimately, you could like you can create a little city state. So interestingly, uh, Prospera in their response at at Prospera Global on Twitter, their response to this hit piece in the Guardian, they say that the, you know, they're countering the claim that they're libertarian. So apparently, they're not. As libertarian as maybe some people would want to think that they are. Yeah, Peter Thiel has put a lot of money into this project. They is, say, he, is he libertarian? They, I don't know who that is. He so claims PayPal. to it's be, Pay- doesn't he? He claims, but so yeah. does Glenn Beck. Right. 
Prospera Zede adopts ideas from across the political spectrum and has a minimum wage indexed to be 10 to 25 percent more than the national minimum wage. So uh, I guess if locals get a job in the Prospera, they're going to be making more than they would be making exactly. at the mainland. Uh, easy union formation, social welfare funding that is employee-owned, and all public officials are fiduciaries. And then they link to a website which is down at the moment. Prosper. I don't know what that fiduciary thing means, but the rest of that isn't. That they have a financial. Uh, they have like some sort of financial obligation, isn't that what that means? A fiduciary. I don't know. In that case, but the like, rest of it isn't unlibertarian at all. There's nothing except the a minimum union wage. No, there's nothing unlibertarian about unions either. Not necessarily, um, and it is private property. So if they want to set a minimum wage, they can yeah. set a minimum wage. You don't have to move there. Uh, what does being a fiduciary mean? Fiduciary relationships often concern money, but the word fiduciary does not in and of itself suggest financial matters. Rather, it applies to any situation in which one person justifiably places confidence and trust in someone else and seeks that person's help or advice in some matter. I have no idea how that relates to the to the trustees of the board or whatever. I don't either. Uh, but going on, Jeff spends a lot of time, Jeff is the article uh, author at The Guardian who's attacking Prospera, spends a lot of time repeating baseless allegations of just two crawfish residents to support his entire article. But what do the vast majority of crawfish rock residents actually think? Perhaps he should have asked Virginia Mann. And then they include a minute-long video with an interview of a local resident. Here. My name is Virginia Mann, and I am the educational teacher here at Prospera. Oh, it's wonderful. From the day I started at Prospera, I felt like I found the place where I belong. Education can take our kids above and beyond. My purpose to go to the States was to further my education, to give all my learning skills to my community. And I've been trying ever since to try to get kids and parents to realize that education is the future of our children. Prospera is going to bring prosperity to this island. Prospera is going to lift Roatan. It's going to bring employment, it's going to bring education, it's going to bring better hospital, it's going to bring what Roatan needs today. You're going to be left behind. This boat is moving in the right direction and it has all the tools that you need for a better life. Somos Prospera and we are one. Is she a mover or a native? Not clear. I mean, it sounds great, but um, as I understood it, she went to the United States and she came back. Say something about the states. Yeah, and she she was told it sounds great, but she's she's just been sold a sales pitch by the prosper people. Oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. What have they done though? That's all she did is she regurgitated the sales picks. It, it would, they have clean water, Arya. Well, it, we it would be know. like the Free State Project going, we're going to succeed. We're going to bring libertarians here. It's like, okay, I don't care. What have you actually done already? Well, and that's a good they, question. They, they've pissed off the Honduran government. I think that's a pretty good sign. That what is they, a good what, sign. What, I'm whatever, just they, saying, whatever they have been doing in the last two years. I'm just saying, I'm not sold that this video of this woman saying all of these great things that Prospera is going to do is particularly worth paying attention to. Okay, great. Biden has countless campaign yeah, videos where right. he promises wonderful things. If I understand correctly, it's $100 million invested in this project. Is that right? That's a pretty good starting point. Well, and again, let's keep an eye. I want to keep an eye on it and see what happens. I yeah. mean, I, I really hope that this does work out for them. I hope that the Honduran government is forced to honor their agreements. I just don't know if they're gonna.
Free Talk Live. Phones are open and you can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And bring up whatever you want to discuss here. You can also follow our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com. Just uh, follow our channel there and you'll be able to watch the show live. You can also watch it later on any old time you want to. Odyssey is a system that is based on the library protocol, which is a media sharing protocol that is decentralized and uncensorable. Library is really cool. You should check it out at lbry.com. And again, follow our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com. We're sharing a hit piece against Prospera, which is one of the ZAs, the special economic zones that has been created in the country of Honduras. And now the government gang in Honduras is trying to undo the ZAs, and there's going to be a big legal fight coming. It's an interesting project, something that our co-host Mark Edge has been absolutely fascinated by over the last several years. He's been there to visit uh, on multiple occasions, and he's seen the, the Prospera land and seen the plans for what they're trying to do there. The Guardian is on the attack uh, against this. Their article written by a Jeff uh, Jeff Ernst, and he is trying to make this thing sound like a colonizer, and the people hate it, and they're destroying the environment, and the people at Prospera have a response on their Twitter, which is at Prospera Global, and they say no, they actually prohibit pollution uh, in their their ZA, and they are you know going to be giving people jobs at a higher minimum wage mm-hmm. than the uh, the main the mainland or that anywhere in Honduras for that matter. And they say, well, you know, the Guardian guy only talked to two people for his article. One of them was a community leader, which, of course, means they're likely to be a leftist. And uh, and one of the other property owners in the, in the town that is mad about Prospera existing. So, of course, Prospera put up their own puff piece with a teacher that they had hired to run a school or something like that. And so we definitely have two very different perspectives here so far. I'm going to continue with a little bit more here from the the hit piece by The Guardian. So they say, as controversy spread across the nation, a movement was born that demanded the protection of land rights and decried the concession of sovereign territory to foreigners and corporations. President Ziamara Castro, who was elected in a landslide in November, made the ZEDE a signature issue of her campaign. When Castro sanctioned the repeal in April, she called it the most important day in her presidency thus far. Wow. For the people of uh, Crawfish Rock, it certainly was. Connor said, quote, we can words cannot describe how happy we were, unquote. But the elation was short lived. Just before the repeal, Prospera announced a new round of investments totally six totaling 60 million dollars and the adoption of the cryptocurrency Bitcoin as legal tender. In the weeks and months since, the company has continued to operate as if nothing has changed, moving ahead with construction projects and clinging to their plan to build a libertarian oasis of sorts. Government officials said that any ZA currently operating has just one year to conform to another kind of legal framework. But investors claim a sunset clause in the ZA law that gives them a term of at least 10 years. As well as oh, it's like they've never dealt with the government before. It can change the rules on you. <laughs> it's going to do what it, it writes the rules, it judges the rules, it enforces the rules, and it punishes you when you break the rules. And Conan, didn't you say they were claiming 50 years? Some other part? Wikipedia's got 50 years. Yeah. So. Grand grandfathered in all three that have survived the uh, the the repeal. They claim, uh, yeah, here it says, uh, other international trade agreements uh, say that they get uh, them decades more. But again, what happens after, whether it's 10 or 50 years, what happens then? 
Well, may, hopefully, maybe they think they'll be big enough that they can actually they can't be stopped. Fight off. Yeah, exactly. It'd be real shame to put a hundred million dollars into something that only lasts a few decades. I mean, fifty years in the scheme of things is a drop in the bucket. And then what? Have yeah. the government come in and swoop it all away from you? I mean, how long did Disney last? About 50, 60 years, that's, I think. That's yeah. what I thought, yeah. I mean, so yeah, and the government of Florida, last, I haven't followed up on it, but last I heard, they were absolutely swooping in to take it back. Take the land and, and oh, well, start charging taxes. Charging taxes yeah. accordingly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's see here. I'm going to jump back over to Prospera Global and their response. They say that Jeff, the article uh, author at The Guardian, alludes to disputes over land rights and displacing local residents. Can he name one resident we've displaced? Of course not. The statement is false and misleading. There are no land rights disputes, and no local residents have been displaced. Prospera respects land rights with the strongest protections in the world. And then they cite their charter, and they link to it. They say this is a misleading tactic by journalists. Mention an allegation without any evidence, but hide behind the guise of plausible deniability. Prospera Zede has no power of external expropriation. Jeff knows this because it's public information. So they can't just take somebody's land like a government does. Mm-hmm. Although there is supposed to be a way in the Zede law that's now being repealed, as I understand it, for someone who owns other property to join the Zede. And of course, the government seems doesn't more, want... That seems like a much more plausible thing. Like, if I was there living on the outskirts of Keene, and suddenly the town of Marlborough or Swansea or whatever was free and independent or whatever, not loyal or not having to swear allegiance to the United States, I was like, hey, can I join you guys instead of this oppressive regime over here in Keene, let, it would be an easy sales pitch. Let me, let, this is this is one of the crawfish leaders. Let me let me read her her her, her words and her sentiment, and maybe we can get an idea. Because okay. because uh, other than the water supply, I don't really know what's going. on. There's some bad blood going on. But anyways, Vanessa Cardenas, one of the leaders of Crawfish Rock, said emotions were running high the night the ZA laws were repealed, and the residents of the village were overjoyed with the decision. I think I was up until almost two o'clock that morning texting and calling my friends and family. Uh, Louise Connor, leader of the village council, said she can now sleep freely thanks to the law's repeal. Cardenas said she wouldn't mind seeing Prospera turn into a more typical tourist area or a site of economic development. My advice would be... That's what it's supposed to be. That would be go pay your taxes like everyone else. Oh, go see, and get your permits like everyone else and abide by Honduran law and regulation like everyone that's else. That's what this is about. She wants the tax revenue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is a leader well, of the, this is a leader of the village next door, and that means politician. As yeah. I understand these ZAs, right? They they do pay tax money. It's just all at once and up front or whatever. They're like, hey, we're going to give you yeah, some money. Yeah, but it's going to the Honduran central government. It's probably not going to the town of Crawfish Rock. But if it was a well, then their tourist, issue with, if is, it was a tourist attraction, if it was a big resort, they're going to get all of that. They can tax them accordingly. And that's 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 what this boils down to. Mm-hmm. That is what this boils down to. It it's, sounds like this sickening. lady's real issue is with the Honduran government that isn't giving some of that tax money back to local communities. They did, but you, you, no one, no one who wants more regulation ever blames the federal government. They, I know they just want yeah. they She's want wrong. more control. Uh, he says here that uh, there's no allegation of displacement. He says uh, that even in the article, Jeff doesn't interview a single person who claims to have been displaced or expropriated because they don't exist. It never happened. Jeff uses unnecessarily inflammatory language because he has an agenda and is not reporting in good faith. More on this later. 
declaring. I agree with that assessment. I mean, I haven't heard anything about displacement, and based on the people I know who have been involved in these things, they're not interested in, dis- in displacing. He says to claim we're gambling millions is raw editorializing in the disguise of neutral reporting. Nearly $80 million has been raised from sophisticated investors under the strongest legal protections Honduras could ever offer any investor. But Jeff is right about one thing. There are affected communities, not just the way he portrays. 70-plus Crawfish Rock residents work in Prospera. So they are already hiring people, mm-hmm. apparently. Yep. Uh, and they're already building things. Prospera's businesses comprise the largest employers of Crawfish Rock residents. Wow. Good for them. Now, that's going to be something that, if they hadn't changed people's minds, is going to change people's minds, right? Like, people that, that are working for this organization, presuming they're honest, presuming they're paying as they, they're saying they're going to, they're going to have good things to say about their experience. Hey, I'm getting paid more than I was working at the sh- the shack down the street yep. or whatever, and I can take care of my family better, and these people are doing what they say they're going to do. Unlike the other this other government over here, this other entity. Right. It's never taken care of. Probably don't even know who I am on my island up here. Uh, if you want to join the show, you can. If you've got any thoughts on Prospera or the special economic zones in general, you're welcome to jump in here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But what's, how's it going to play out? This is definitely one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on as far as freedom is concerned on the planet. And we will definitely be doing that here. Uh, there's more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phone's open here. Uh, the remaining moments of the show tonight, though. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the Honduras Prospera Project that is under attack uh, by the mainstream media in The Guardian. They just they put out a hit piece it's all just about a, money. a follow, few days follow ago. the money. This is what this is all about. Well, I don't know if the Guardian's and, and making it, money off of, who, off of who this. Who knows? Who's, who knows whose pocket they're in? They're definitely after these people. There's no doubt about it. And uh, with you tonight, it's Ian. Oh, yeah. And Conan. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts here. We've almost shared the full hit piece. There's only a couple uh, paragraphs left here. I'll just go ahead and run through it. Uh, legal analysts consulted by the Guardian suggested that in order to avoid a lawsuit, the government could either strike an agreement with investors or challenge whether Zetes were crea- created in strict accordance with the now repealed law. A legal advisor for COHEP, the country's largest chamber of commerce, said, quote, I emphatically believe the repeal is good, but it doesn't end here. Now the state has to review these concessions, and it would be best for the state to verify if all the legal requirements were met and if not, proceed to cancel the concessions delivered, unquote. Meanwhile, residents... So they, they want to look for way, reasons to take back their the agreement, and then they want to take back the agreement. That's right. Meanwhile, the residents of Crawfish Rock remain vigilant. Connor, the community organizer, politician, said, quote, We have our eyes open. We don't trust no one. Mm. Well, you trusted the government. Well, she probably is part of the government. Would, uh, oh, yeah. Wouldn't surprise me to discover. But we've also been sharing some of the uh, responses from Prospera on their Twitter account, at Prospera Global, but our very own Mark Edge uh, apparently has been listening in out in Vegas as he prepares for Freedom Fest, which kicks off tomorrow. Oh, God, Pestilence, is that a festival? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's going Hi, on, Mark? Mark? Your thoughts on this hit piece by uh, The Guardian? 
Am I one of the four horsemen uh, now, Aria? Yes, you, you are pestilence, apparently. It, Why it's do been, I get to be pestilence? Well, it's been rumored that, you know, because... Oh, oh, because you're the one who keeps getting everyone sick, man, every time you come visit. Yeah, you got the you got the experimental gene therapy or whatever they were calling it. and uh, you know. Exuding your spike proteins all over us. Yeah. And now, yeah, now you you come to New Hampshire and like everyone gets sick. <laughs> That's uh, that, that. It's a fair critique. <laughs> um, so let me talk about Prospera. All right. When this lady, when I read that part of the ladies, like, why don't they just pay their taxes? Yeah. You know, and follow the zoning laws. I was so just in tier, inside of me, irate. They did. They did. They followed every step of the law. This lady's problem is the law as it existed at the time. And I, I think this is worth saying. I was at Crawfish Rock three years ago when Prosperous set up. It is nothing but it was at the time a collection of nothing but sheds made of corrugated metal. Hmm. Like there was nothing there. So the idea that some bureaucrat or politician didn't give some, didn't get to give their little building permit and get their little fee is really pretty laughable. Why would anyone have gone down this pock? The, I mean, the road was better described as a pothole than a road. Mm-hmm. Um, we went down it in a in a van, and and I feared for my life. <laughs> I mean, it was awful. Like, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's probably a mile long, but I mean, a terrible mile. There was nothing as far as uh, internet going out there. There was nothing. And this person's like, pay your taxes. Look what we've done for you. Look what they did for them. I mean, now there's internet out there. They would have had nothing. They had to have a road. They didn't have an internet. And that was all brought to them by Prospera. And this woman says, why don't you pay your taxes? They did. It's hmm. really, really ridiculous. Mark, why didn't why um, didn't Prosper work for you? You decided against it and went with the other one. I, you know, as far as Prospera goes, I mean, I think that they they had to forge the way. They were three years um, from you know start to finish, and. You know, they they had to make a lot of decisions along the way that I just, you know, I wasn't, uh, they they weren't ready, you know, and I wanted to see what would happen. I think that it's better to see a bunch of um, flowers grow, you know, and see what what works and what doesn't. Two and a half years after they've gotten up and running, have you seen it recently? Do you know where where they're at on the... I was there earlier this year, like... uh, probably two months ago mm-hmm. is a uh, fair, fair, maybe three months ago. And they, I mean, you know, the road looks great. Uh, the, they've got internet out there. They're, they've broken ground on a building project. They're looking at putting condos in, um, you know, they, they're doing everything they said they were going to do. Mm. And, and apparently I'm employing over 70 residents of Crawfish Rock, which makes them apparently right. the largest employers. Absolutely. They're the largest employer of Crawfish Rock. I mean, Crawfish Rock, it is ridiculous to give this village a name. You yeah. Know, from what you said earlier, it sounds like they're probably the only actual employer in Crawfish Rock. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, some residents of Crawfish Rock, now that they have a road, 
can um, go out and get a job at Bojangles or something down the road, you know, they can get a motorbike and, and do it. But before, I don't think they couldn't even, uh, it was terribly passable on a motorbike. Basically, the only way you could get from Crawfish Rock to um, any place that would give you employment is water taxi, like being a water taxi, and that's a viable job there. And it just means you have a boat and you'll give a ride for money. <laughs> um, or I did assume that was what water taxi meant. They've got another clip yeah. here uh, where they interviewed more people. So, again, we played one where they interviewed one of the educators that they brought on to Prospera. And here's one of people in construction hats. So See, presumably- they should have interviewed Mark because Mark sold the idea better. They brought them a freaking road where they didn't have one before. That's what they did. Yeah, that's something they've done here. Here's Prosper, what- ca- call Mark. He knows stuff. Here's what some of the other folks who are working for them have to say. Uh-oh, it's in Spanish. <laughs> Does he look happy? <laughs> they do look happy. They look happy. They're smiling. They've got jobs. They've got construction hats. And, and, and their- I realize now they couldn't have interviewed Mark because Mark isn't a local. That's yeah, true. <laughs> I thought they were English speaking, Mark. What, what's all this Spanish going on here? Well, I mean, this, this is a, uh, the whole campaign is, that's the problem with this, is that there's a, there's a, a Spanish-facing uh you know, problem, and then there's an English-facing problem, and then interfacing in between. Um, you know, the the communists that took over the Honduran government recently—they're not doing any campaigning in English. You know, mm. the only people that believe this crap are uneducated peasants of uh, the Honduran of the uh, Central American countryside. I mean, communism has run its course uh, in Central America, but some people continue. These are ideologues. Like, really, mm-hmm. most people in Honduras, they want a job. They want some Internet. They want a road. And Prosper has given them all those things. But then there's the people who are like, we hate that you've given those things. Why don't you follow the, the order of things? And that's really what the problem is. The problem is that, and this is why the Guardian, is there are people that believe that things should be the way that they are. Mm-hmm. There need to be bureaucrats in charge of whether or not you build on your house. There need to be bureaucrats in charge of whether or not you provide a particular service. Oh, you've got a service doing this, and now you want to do that? Well, you're going to need another license. Yep. And we offer those. And like somehow democracy, you know, the voting of ignoramuses, um, which is all that is, I mean, you know, you and I don't have any business telling somebody who's in a particular field, a specialty, how to run their business, because we don't know. But, you know, that's what the government is. It's people who are put in charge by democrat- democratically elected people. And, you know, the idea that we're asking them is really pretty ridiculous. Bureaucracies existed managed to bubble to the surface throughout the whole human experience where somebody says, well, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to do what you want. You need a license from the king. And you know, um, democracy is no more valid than the king. And uh, people believe that that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's what the fundamental problem is, is that Prospera is um, breaking the, the current world paradigm. Mm. One person in one tiny little place thing makes life better for some people in Crawfish Rock. And they found somebody in Crawfish Rock that says they don't like it. Well, what a surprise. Local politicians don't like that somebody has to come to them. They're losing power. Yep. 
doesn't have to come. They hate that uh, unless this person was brought in after the fact. Um, so it sounds like some union yeah. boss to me. That's and that's usually where they come they from. They would have never had the power over these people in the first place because that thing would have never existed otherwise. Mark, feel free to call in uh, as the Freedom Fest goes on there and give us a you know a rundown of the day's occurrences if you got time. I know that you'll probably be busy out there. Thanks for the call tonight. If you guys didn't get in on the air tonight, we got a couple calls on hold. Out of time tonight. Call us back. Call earlier tomorrow night. We'll get you on the air then. We'll see you then. FreeTalkLive.com. Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release entitled Nothing But the Blues. The documentary film, which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995 film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances, Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues. I'm really retracing my steps back to John Mayer and the Blues Breakers. And I mean, there was a stage there when I was with that band, having come from a pop band, which had started as a blues band with the the Yardbirds, to go to John Mayer. And then when I was leaving John Mayer, I... In my head, I was going to an even more hardcore blues situation, which backfired. Although it kind of came out to be a great hybrid, it wasn't my intention to go that way. That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But the Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.